Um, hi, I'm Corey, and this is a podcast. This is the ADHD Book Club podcast. I'm Ashley, and yeah, this is a podcast. Episode 7. Episode 7. We read another Coho book. We did. This is the Coho Poco. (laughs) (laughs) I think, I'm trying to remember, is this the first episode we've recorded since we've started publishing episodes? Yeah. Wow. We're starting to get feedback. People are listening. I guess people, we know people are listening. We haven't really started to get feedback. I mean, they just be like, oh, it was super fun. And I'm like, great. Perfect. Keep up that. Keep keep telling me. Keep whatever. <laughs> Give me that positive reinforcement so that I keep Thank you. Please. reading books and talking about it. I can't tell if any of my friends that have listened to the podcast have actually read the books we're discussing. One feedback on the troop was, I won't be reading that. Yeah. I mean, I flat out said, don't do it. So I suppose that's fair. I mean, yeah. But then you gave it a four, which felt high. But yeah, it's it's specific. Yeah, it's for a specific kind of person who wants to read some real gross shit. Gore. <laughs> Worm gore. Worm gore sounds like my black metal band. Actually not a bad black metal band name. It's pretty good. You guys can have that for free. <laughs> Worm gore. Coming to a venue near you. I want half of the t-shirt sales, though. Worm gore. Oh, my gosh. You and your t-shirts. Here we go again. This is like Look. the 16th shirt that you're like, let's put this on a shirt. Look, this is late stage capitalism. We have to figure out how to monetize our interests. Absolutely. What are interests even for if we can't monetize them? That's what I want to know. Yeah. You know, I was reading an article. <laughs> by reading an article, what I mean is I saw a headline. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I know that. But it was saying that people are trying to monetize their hobbies all the time instead of just like enjoying hobbies. And I was like, huh, yeah, you could just like do something because you like it. You don't have to like like it so much you need to make money off of it. Or do you? Just whatever. I think maybe you do. If you're passionate and you can make (laughs) money from it, hell yeah, that's the dream. Right. Who wants to buy my hot sauce? Who wants to pay for our podcast? Who wants to watch my weird TikToks where I just burn candles in fast motion? Did you bring it back? No, I didn't bring it back. I, I, I only made like the two dozen that I sent to you. It was a lot. And I think you should bring it back and we'll find some good hashtags. It's like meditative shit. Put some like frequencies on it. Ooh. Um, sati- satisfyingly uh, something or other. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah why can't I think of what that is yeah there's fully like a category and a term that people use and I oddly satisfying yeah maybe yeah that makes me think of those videos where people cut up soap into weird cubes though oh yeah but I like that (laughs) it's oddly satisfying (laughs) it is oddly satisfying yeah the candles like just satisfying it's pretty to look at it's not odd yeah and then they just melt into weird shapes all right so yeah, this is the Coho Poco. <laughs> it's back. She's back. We're back. We read Verity by Colleen Hoover. It's 290 pages. So the audiobook was about eight hours and 10 minutes. It was called A Standalone Romantic Thriller That is Tragic, Creepy, and Brilliant. So, you know, we had to read it. A romantic thriller? Ooh. Spooky. (laughs) (laughs) Not, well, a little spooky. Eh, Like medium spooky, I guess. Medium spooky. Okay. Did you write a summary this time, Corey? I did write a summary this time. I did my homework. Take it away. Verity. Summary. 
A budding writer is hired to finish a famous novelist series of books after a tragic accident. While staying at her house to have access to her office and files, she uncovers dark family secrets. Hell yeah. That was your best work yet. That's pretty good. That could go on the back of the book. It's true. Yeah. They should hire me to write these this time. In- instead of me? <laughs> yeah, instead of you. Fuck you. Fine. Fine. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My summary. Lowen is a struggling writer who is offered the life-changing job of completing best-selling author Verity Crawford's book series after a devastating accident leaves her unable to do so. She moves in with Verity's hot husband and son to work, naturally sparks fly, and in trying to piece together the author's final book, Lowen uncovers the sinister truth about the author's tragic life. It's pretty good. Is that enough adjectives? (laughs) The way you said hot husband and son, I was like, is the son hot too? My bad. No, he's five. No, it's fine. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, he'll probably grow up to be beautiful. The son whose name is Crew. Crew is like a dumb name, but it's very trendy right now. I feel like I keep seeing it everywhere. Are we seeing it everywhere because of this book? I wondered that, actually. How old is this book? What? It's it's probably like three years old. It was originally published in 2018. Okay. So yeah, there could be some kindergartners with the name crew because of this book. Well, shall we get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. Spoilered on three? Yeah. One, two, two, three. three. Spoilered. Spoilered. All right, Corey, what do you think? I mean, this book was wild. This book was fucking wild. In a lot of ways, I didn't like it at all. Um, I like I didn't feel like it was very well written exactly like it felt like kind of tropey and weird i don't know maybe it was well written i don't know like it very much is the thing it is in like a good way which sounds like a dumb thing to say it's like a trashy thriller romance novel that's totally compelling there's a weird twist at the end it's basically like fight club for wine moms (laughs) (laughs) you know like i was interested in what was happening the whole time mostly because the whole time it felt like Something was happening that we weren't being let in on. And it felt like any second you could be like sort of told what was actually happening. And that happens like literally at the very end of the book. Yeah. It's not like there's a reveal halfway through and then more stuff happens. It's like, nope, it's you don't know what's happening. And then at the very end, you are told what's happening. It was wild. It's definitely more smutty, if you will, <laughs> more sex than it ends with us, Le- like less, more serious, wait, more smutty than it ends with us. More serious? No, less serious. I don't know, man. Which one's more serious? Now I'm confused. I mean, the th- it's a thriller. How you're describing it, though, is really giving me, me trying to decide if I liked Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> it's that same vibe. Like, I don't know. Did I? Was it good? I think so. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, I enjoyed myself. I thought now having read Colleen Hoover already, it was clear that her vibe is strong, like her style, her voice. And yeah, just more smutty, more sexy and definitely keeps you on the edge of your seat. And the payoff was at the end. But I was super invested. I was really like, yeah, like any moment they're going to tell us what the fuck is going on here. And then you're like, are they? Is there anything going on here? And then they're like, bomb drop. Right. Wild. Which... I suppose it's debatable. I guess we're talking about it in very vague ways, but there's 
a debate about whether or not the thing that happens at the end is, you know, quote unquote real or not. And I guess we'll get it. We'll get into it when we start talking about it. Yeah. For real. Maybe we should just try to go in order. But, you know, there's a if there's a time to turn away, it's probably now. If you are thinking you might want to read this, just fucking read it. Yeah, just read it. It's fun. It's fun. It's quick. It's easy. Just like read it or listen to it or whatever. It was fun. You'll either have a good time or you won't. There's a 25% chance you'll throw this book across the room when you finish it. Yeah. But like you'll probably enjoy the ride. It's fine. Yeah, it's a great ride. Some of the sexy stuff is like so silly and tropey, but it's also like there. she says something like in describing how like Jeremy sounds when Verity's talking about him in her book. And she says like uh, his throat is cov- sounds like it's covered in honey. I was like, is that even sexy? Like, what does that sound like? Like, gargle, gargle. Like, <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> it's not sexy. Honey throat. It makes you think of Buffalo Bill. Oh, was she a great big fat person? <laughs> is that Hannibal Lecter? No, that's the other guy from Silence of the Lambs. It's not Hannibal Lecter. I mean, I I guess I always call that movie Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair, I guess. He's in like four movies. I have seen Silence of the Lambs, but like what in high school? So I don't know. But I'm like, I'm pretty sure Buffalo Bill's from that. He is. Yeah, I've heard those quotes of that voice. (laughs) Yeah. I forget that you have like no memory for movies. I always forget. (laughs) I don't know what's wrong with me. Hilarious. Is it? It's, I mean, it's pretty funny. Okay, so set up. The, the main character, Lowen Ashley, is going to New York to meet with a publisher, right? For a meeting. She doesn't really know what the meeting is for, I think. Yeah. And like right away, like, <sighs> I just realized what a wild beginning this is to the book because she's walking down the street in New York City and like immediately sees someone hit by a car. Yeah. And describes it as like their head pops. Ah, good. We have we have uh, checked the box of bodies, bodily things falling out of someone in a book. Yes. Yet again, disgusting bodily harm. But like she describes it as like their head pops and it's like the callous New Yorker trope to the point that like nobody stops when someone's head pops in a, you know, pedestrian involved car accident, which I'm like, come on. Right. Is that really how we're going to paint this? That like New Yorkers aren't even stopping for this. I'm like, okay, come on. Ah, just another head popping off in traffic. (laughs) (laughs) But also this has no bearing on the story other than this is how she like meets jeremy right Right. like he stops her on the street and is like hey you're covered in blood you should do something about that and they have instant chemistry because it's a fantasy but she's also in shock and they have a shared trauma here and then they discuss their past full of traumas and then that was it they don't really like talk about it that much he like leads her into like a coffee shop bathroom and gives her his shirt so that she's not covered in blood And, you know, he is, like, hot and considerate. And then she, like, goes to her meeting. And surprise, her meeting is with him and the publishers. He's there because he is Verity Crawford's husband. Verity, who is a, you know, famous author 
who, I mean, we don't know this yet, but she's like been in an accident and they need somebody to finish her series of novels. And they are offering this job to her. Yeah, it also wildly sounds like the general public doesn't understand that Verity's got anything going on. So they just think that they're working on it together. Right. Yeah, they keep it secret. Maybe it's clear in the book and I just don't remember, but I feel like it's never totally clear like what how much of this is public. Like it seems like you couldn't keep it totally under wraps. It seems like maybe they know that she was in a car accident, but they don't know the extent to which she is su- supposedly like totally You can like pay people to shut the fuck up. I don't know, because I feel like when the news went public that she was working on it with this other author, it was like working together and everyone's like, why are you working with her on it when really she's just doing it? But maybe right. maybe that is maybe we I don't know. I don't. It doesn't even fucking matter. They're going to write the book. She's going to come over to Jeremy's to Verity's office so that she can find everything she can to finish this this last book or the in the series and she's trying to find a roadmap to the characters. Right. There's supposed to be three books left out of like. Seven, nine, I don't remember, but she has to write like three of these books in this series, which is sort of like ill-defined. Like they never really say what this series of books is other than it's a big deal that they are like told from the villain's perspective. Yeah. What genre does Lowen write? Do you remember? (sighs) The whole time my brain is being like, they write romance novels because I'm reading a romance novel and then something... I think that Lowen writes like scary books or something. I don't know. I don't remember at all. Like they both are kind of dark and twisty. There is some book that they mention that she has already written and published because Jeremy says later that he has read it and that's why he specifically wanted her to finish Verity's books. And this is Jeremy, who's never read one of Verity's books. (laughs) Right, that's true. Rude. I can totally see that in, like, a relationship, though. Well, I mean, he says he's never read one, but also Verity's autobiography says that he read her first one and said it was really good, and that's what encouraged her to publish it. What does he claim? Does he actually claim that he's never read them or just that he doesn't read them anymore? I don't know. I don't know either. I think that he just read that one and then it was like weird to read. I think he stopped reading them because it was weird from that perspective. Also, you'll recall that that first book she wrote because she was so obsessed with Jeremy that she just wanted to write about. Although, is that even true? Remember, so in her autobiography that Lowen uncovers in her office. So Yes, we're sort of getting ahead of ourselves. Turn around now (laughs) if you haven't read it and you want to. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. In this autobiography, Verity does say that she was writing this kind of like about Jeremy, but not like a, the character was Jeremy and like a fantasy about him because she missed him because he was out of town and she's so obsessed with him. Yes, the main the main character of her series of books is based on Jeremy, kind of, right? I guess. And is that even true? <laughs> right. Yes. I guess we're 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 dancing around the main spoiler of the entire book. We're dancing around it. I don't think it's time in our conversation to reveal it. Okay. So Lowen, in with all of Verity's files, she finds a copy of like an autobiography that Verity wrote that, what's it called? It has some dumb name. What's, do you remember the name of it? Fuck. It's not So It Goes, is it? It's something like that, though. Um, I found a transcript of it online. 
of just like her book yes how wild is that that's funny it was like free like where the fuck was this while you're looking i'm gonna backtrack for a second because in my notes when they first meet and she sees that accident and he says i've seen worse unfortunately for a second i was like oh no is this another hot doctor book (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i was thinking the fucking same (laughs) And then also she describes his eyes. His eyes matched his tie. They were both chartreuse, which I think of chartreuse as like bright, like yellow green. And I was just immediately like, is Jeremy a fucking cat person? What is happening with his eyes? That's uh, ridiculous. It's insane. So, okay. Her autobiography is called So Be It. Yeah. I think you said that. Or So It Goes. I said So It Goes, which which is my... Kurt Vonnegut fandom bleeding into this conversation. No, it's so be it. Which is so, yeah. Honestly, those were very compelling parts of the story. I just wanted to read that. But, you know, that's where all the like real sexy stuff was. Right. <laughs> like the quote I liked the stubble on his jaw. It was the perfect length to scratch my thighs, maybe even scar them if he stayed down there long enough. What? <laughs> <laughs> This stubble's going to scar you? Get out. Yeah, that seems... Oof. Also, I can't believe as an adult that that was the first time she ever swallowed during a blowjob. Oh, we forgot to warn our moms. This is horny. Yeah, it's another Colleen Hoover book, moms. Watch out. We said smutty. We did. What I was trying to find when I originally found the free version online was uh, the blowjob story the first time she swallowed because I thought that was so funny. And then immediately threw up. Yeah, is that what she did? Immediately threw up? Yes, immediately threw up. I was just like, whoa, yikes. What I was able to do in the last PDF was search for keywords. And it was so funny looking up how many times they say certain things. Yes, I wish wish we had access to that. I think it's interesting that we've talked about this for this long and have not brought up that also they did have twin daughters who are now both dead in separate incidents. Oh, yeah. That's like a major part of the plot of the book. Both books. There was a term for them, chronics. In this book, Verity and Jeremy call themselves chronics because they chronically have bad things happen to them. Their daughters died separately, I think a couple years apart. The first one from a peanut allergy, and then the second one drowned. It wasn't a couple years apart, though. I want to say they were within the same year. Okay. Um, But in totally separate incidents, like nine months to a year apart, I want to say. It was pretty... I remember thinking it was pretty close together. Yeah, they are chronics. Right. Bad things chronically happen to them. Or do they? Or do they? What's really going on in this fucking book? This book is wild. On the sex topic, another thing that was said at least twice so verity wrote something about how he like went down on her and parted her (laughs) with his tongue i was like what is that that's like stop and then later when dun 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 lowen is hooking up with jeremy she fucking says it i and she had already read it obviously and so be it so she picked up that lingo from verity because people don't just say that unless they do (laughs) yeah look i feel like i've heard it and I feel like every time I've heard it, it yucks me out. So I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Major yuck. <laughs> so basically, like, for the rest of the book, it bounces back and forth between, you know, things going on in the house, 
between Lowen and Jeremy, and then Lowen reading this autobiography that basically centers around Verity's relationship with Jeremy. Yes, and then her chronic tragedy. Yes. So that's fun. You're kind of going back and forth. Lowen's also living in this house because she's poor, but she will have money soon because she took the deal. But right now she was like getting evicted. Oh my God. Do you hear this? Yeah. What is that? My neighbor's taking a shower. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You talk. We also haven't mentioned that Verity lives in the house. Like she's mm, basically in a coma. Is she in a coma? Or or she's like basically non-responsive. She's like a quadriplegic and not speaking and has a nurse that takes care of her. But she still like has dinner with the family sometimes like it's kind of nebulous like what's going on yeah they don't really say what's going on with her it's like feels more like a locked in syndrome type thing right like i don't know if she's technically quadriplegic she just doesn't move things are not firing she doesn't talk move respond to anything right supposedly supposedly Lowen is staying in this house that Verity is still living in. She's also sleeping in the main bedroom where Jeremy and Verity used to fuck because you can see bite marks from their fucking. So she's upstairs in another room. Jeremy's nearby. The kid that they have left crew can go play with mom. Weird stuff is happening. Lowen's hiding herself in the office. She's really trying to finish reading the autobiography, but pretending like she's working. And also the autobiography, I guess we haven't like really explained it. It's basically like a chronicle of like how obsessed Verity is with Jeremy. She's super into him. She She's upset every time he's gone. She's like super, super selfish. Can't stand when he kind of does anything that doesn't involve her. Or loves his children. Yes. Gets super jealous of their children. Oh, and I totally forgot about the weird, is it a dream that she has about the one twin murdering the other? Or what, like, what is going on there? Yeah. Oh, she also, like, tries to abort them with a hanger. Um, That was... Yeah, she tries to abort them in any way she can think. Yeah. And then she lied. She lied and said that she was pregnant again, so Jeremy would love her, and then she had to get pregnant real quick. (laughs) Right. Okay, so the dream is that Chastin is killed by Harper. And by like smothered by her. So then Verity only likes Chastin because she knows she has limited time with her and she knows that Harper's going to kill her because she's evil like her mother. So when the kid does die from a peanut allergy, she assumes it's Harper that has murdered her and hates her because she actually like started to like Chastin. Right. Yes. So she goes out on a boat and pretends that they're going to have a nice time and like lets her drown. Right. And also, is Harper autistic? Harper was diagnosed with Asperger's, but I'm not actually sure if she was or if Verity just took what they wanted to test her for and said, yeah, I did do that because I'm a good mom and she does have that. Right. Also, public service announcement, we don't say Asperger's anymore, but it is in the book. Oh, what do we say? It's just part of the autism spectrum. That makes sense. I mean, part of it is that the Dr. Asperger was a... Uh, I believe a Nazi. So we don't really. Oh. And and part of the reason we have that as a designation is because he wanted to um, separate the good autistic people out from the bad autistic people. What the fuck? It's all not good. We don't use it anymore. Yuck. I still hear it being used, but it's definitely not preferred. Um, it's definitely what they say in the book. Yeah, they did. 
That's what they called it. Gross. Yeah. Okay. So let's just let's just do it. Dear Jeremy. Oh. Dear Jeremy is the letter that Loen, after she is now pregnant with Jeremy's new baby, they're moving out of the house. Crew mentions there's something hidden. Right. I mean, we skipped. We skipped what? Right. Well, and they've killed Verity, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Loen doesn't find the letter until after Verity dies, which like, like kind of the whole middle part of the book, like Loen thinks that Verity is like getting out of bed and moving around the house. Yes. And you're sort of unsure whether like this is actually happening or Loen is like freaking herself out. I was I was on Loen's side. I thought it was happening. What do you think? I think so, too. But I think that, like, sort of the novel wants you to sort of not be 100% sure whether this is actually happening or maybe it's, you know, uh, I don't know, a ghost. Not a ghost, but, like, somehow she is, like, you know... Uh, well, she's a untrustworthy narrator, right? Like, she has a sleepwalking issues. Maybe she's imagining things sleepwalking or dreaming. Right. So, yeah. So, we we sort of don't know what's going like whether Verity is like Lowen has suspicions that Verity is not actually yeah uh confined to her bed yeah there's a knife um crew has a knife where'd that come from and then it disappears where'd it go right and then Lowen like when she and Jeremy are like making out on the couch she thinks that she sees Verity at the top of the stairs right that's kind of the big big main one yeah that was creepy and the creepiest one yeah and then she like what she like screams and then when Jeremy looks like she's not there anymore. Yeah, and I think that same night they get locked in their room from the outside. <laughs> right. How convenient because Lowen's a sleepwalker, they put a lock on the outside of her room so Verity can just lock them in. I know, which is like the craziest solution to that problem. Like I don't <laughs> think anyone would ever do that or agree to do no. it. No. I mean, I don't know. Like, it also does make me think of the Mike Birbiglia story about how he sleepwalks and has to be, like, basically zipped into a cocoon at night. So who knows? Yeah, it can be really scary, I think. I don't do it. Oh, I have done it before. Have you ever done it? No, I don't think so. No. I used to do this, I guess, when I was younger. But so my parents did kind of, like fuck with us a lot like when I was a kid if I went if I went to like bed early in the morning my parents would be like mom it's too bad you went to sleep there was a party there were clowns balloons it was really fun um they would put like little bugs on my brother while he was asleep to try to freak him out when he woke up amazing there's also a photo of my mom holding a chimpanzee that they always said was my brother So my mom told me I sleepwalked or something and I like never believed her because of that. Right. She's always fucking with me. It's like, why would I believe her? Right. But she said that one time I was in the garage looking for something blue and it was like middle of the night. And she was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, it's blue. I just need the blue, like whatever. And then another time I do remember because I woke up like in the shower and my mom came down and was like, what are you doing? And I was like, can't I get ready for school? And she's like, what? At like 11 o'clock at night? Like I must have passed out early. I don't know what time it was. <laughs> and I was like, what? But I remember like kind of waking up, washing my hair and being like, what am I doing in here? <laughs> That's weird. I like took a shower in my sleep. That is weird. I don't think it was like chronic though that I was sleepwalking. I think there was just like a couple instances. Weirdly, I took a shower in my sleep is like a sleepwalking story I've heard from a number of people. <laughs> Yeah, I've never 
been a sleepwalker, but I know I sometimes talk in my sleep. I have done that in the past as well. I know one partner I had, like, we both talked in our sleep and we would, like, talk to each other and sometimes, like, wake up in the middle of, like, a weird sleep conversation, which is bizarre. (laughs) That is so weird. Yeah. That happened with one of my friends when we were kids. Her mom was like, well, you guys were up late. And we were like, no, like we fell asleep watching a movie at like 10 p.m. She was like, I heard you talking at like 2 a.m. And we were, she was like, it, it didn't really make a lot of sense because <laughs> we were sleep talking back and forth, apparently. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is. Uh, yeah. I think this is also how we found out somebody crashed at the house or something and was like, what were you guys talking about in the middle of the night? <laughs> and we were like, what are you talking about? The way that I found out that I really talk in my sleep, because that was kind of like okay, that's weird. I don't know what you're talking about and forgot about it until I found out that I actually do. So my early boyfriend, he sleeps like a log. So he would never have known. And that was a person that I was now spending a lot of nights with, but he would never have known, right? Right. And then shortly after we broke up, I moved into a house with some friends and there was like two guys and me. And then one of my girlfriends moved in and her and I had been watching a ton of scary movies. And this was at the time that like Paranormal Activity came out and The Fourth Kind and The Orphan. Yeah. So we went to the theaters and saw Paranormal Activity and our theater was very scared. So if our theater had been laughing, different experience. But everyone was like freaked out by it. So me and her and her friend, we all slept like in her room that night. And they said that I like sat straight up and was like, no, don't stop. Wait am I making things up again? And then laid down and just went back to sleep. (laughs) And so in the morning, they were like, you're so fucking creepy. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then after the orphan, my roommate had night terrors. So that night I was like trying to go to sleep. And suddenly she like leapt into my bed. Her room was like across the hall, kind of diagonal. And she was like, I got here in three steps. Like, can I sleep in your room? And so she slept in my room with me for like a couple months. (laughs) I learned a lot about my sleeping habits. Like apparently I'm possessed. I talk in my sleep. I did lots of weird dreams. I spoke Spanish in my sleep. I she would just tell me the things that I was saying or doing and it was wild. Um, I did some impressions, which was absolutely crazy. Amazing. Holy shit. That's incredible. Yeah. It was Miss Swan though. <laughs> and I remember the dream. I was dreaming that... I was doing groceries and someone was like putting things in the cart for me. And every time they did, I would say thank you like Miss Swan does, which I'm not going to do. Amazing. That was a really funny time. We're young, living together, sleeping in my room because we got scared and learning a lot about our sleeping habits. (laughs) I haven't heard that I talk in my sleep in a while, though. Interesting. Do you think you stopped? I do. But I don't know. (sighs) Amazing. I don't have any good sleeping stories like that. You just sleep. I just sleep. All right. Back to the book. So here we are. Verity, is she alive? Is she not? Or is she lucid, I guess? Or is she not? Lowen's convinced she is. Lowen's reading this book, her autobiography that's, you know, confessing to all this horrible stuff. And the end of it is like, what does she say? Like, uh... oh, yeah. How does the autobiography end? Or does it? It does. And she says something that's like, uh, shit, fuck. I know I can find it. While you're looking, I'm going to bring up the fact that Jeremy at one point mentioned something about ordering pizza for dinner. And Lowen says, I hate pizza, which is the most insane thing in this totally insane book. Nobody hates pizza. I'm sorry. No, it like you can't hate cheese bread. Look, 
if you disagree, if you hate pizza, leave us a five-star review saying, fuck you, I hate pizza. Just do it. I'll read it. I'll read every review we get that says that I hate pizza and Corey's full of shit. But we love your podcast. Keep recording more things. We love your podcast. You're just wrong about pizza. Oh, my gosh. Okay. At the end of So Be It, she says, it feels as though there's nothing left to say. No future to write about. No past to redeem. Am I at the end of my story? I don't know what happens next. Unlike my prediction of Chastin's murder, I don't know how my life will end. Will it be at the hands of Jeremy or will it be my own hand? Or maybe it won't end at all. Maybe Jeremy will wake up tomorrow and see me sleeping next to him. Maybe he'll remember all the good times, all the blowjobs, all the swallowing. (laughs) And he'll realize how much more time we'll have to do those things now that we only have one child. Or maybe he'll wake up convinced that Harper's death was not an accident. Maybe he'll report me to the police. Maybe he'll want to see me suffer for what I did to her. If that's the case, so be it. I'll just drive my car into a tree. The end. The end. Guess who supposedly drove her car into a tree? Verity. Or Jeremy. Yeah. Can we talk about the freaking letter? Very quickly, before we talk about the letter, one more thing I want to bring up is that Crew, at one point at dinner, tells my favorite dad joke of all time. Oh, yeah. Please tell it because I'll tell you my reaction. What's E.T. short for? Because he's got those little legs. (laughs) I literally wrote down, I don't get E.T. joke. I was like... (laughs) Why is he short? I don't know. Why is he short? What's E.T. short for? It's extraterrestrial. Like, I don't get it. I looked it up. And then I was like, I'm dumb. (laughs) (laughs) So, so stupid. My other favorite dad joke, you can't really tell as a joke because it requires a specific response from the other person. Um, But it's, what you drinking, son? And then the son says, soy milk. And then the dad says, hola, milk, soy padre. <laughs> so good. It's very good. One of my favorite dad jokes is, what do you call a pile of cats? What? A meowntin. <laughs> <laughs> it's also very good. What kind of pants does Mario wear? <laughs> what? Denim, denim, denim. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, so stupid. I love a dad joke. All right. So, dear Jeremy. Dear Jeremy. So, yes. Well, I guess first... They end up killing Verity, right? Oh, yeah, I know. And I guess I keep skipping over this because I was so mind blown. So Lowen has read this whole book. She decides to show it to Jeremy, right? Yeah. Because she's like, this is fucked. He needs to know about this. So she shows it to him. And then he, what, confronts her? How does this go down exactly? I, I don't remember. I don't remember, actually. It's something like that. Like, he reads it for a little bit, where then Lowen is like, that was pretty short, but maybe he skimmed through it. Spoiler alert, he had already read it in the past. He had already read it. And then I think he goes and yells, and maybe Lowen goes and tries to stop it, and then they decide they just got to kill her. She doesn't fight back. Does she... Get out of bed and fight back? I think she does, actually. It's hilarious to me that we both have, like, blanked out what this climactic scene is. I mean, I know they kill her. Yeah. They end up killing her, but it sort of feels like maybe not self-defense exactly, but it's not like they just straight up murder her. Like, it turns into this whole confrontation. And then is Lowen the one that actually kills her? Jeremy definitely is the one that killed her. And this is basically... The end of the book. Like, you're, we're so close to the end of the book, and we're still like, oh, okay. And then Lowen finds this letter. Dear Jeremy. We get to do, Jer- we get to do Jer- Dear Jeremy? Yes, Dear Jeremy. 
So Lowen and Jeremy are now together. She's pregnant with his child. They're moving away from the house and they are coming back to like get a few things. And by the way, (laughs) chapter 24 and then it's Dear Jeremy and then chapter 25 and it ends. So Dear Jeremy is the second to last like chapter ish of the book. Absolutely wild. Um, So Dear Jeremy. So Cruz says something about how he needs to get the things that are under under the floor that his mom used to hide. So she follows him and finds there's like a loose floorboard and that's where Verity has been hiding things like the knife and the letter. So that night, she apparently wrote Jeremy a letter. She was going to run away, but instead she got killed. Wild. Also, how did she have any strength as someone who's pretending to be unable to move for so long? Anyways. Right. So the whole letter is saying that none of this is true, that she wrote this. This is a writing exercise. Right. It's all a writing exercise. This entire journal was a writing exercise that like, I forget, her editor or her or somebody suggested to her, like, because she's writing these books that she writes are from the perspective of the villain. And the way that she was able to get into the headspace of this villain is by doing this thing that her editor calls antagonistic journaling. Which is basically like writing about your life only like what if you were an evil, terrible person? Yeah, like make your inner dialogue like totally opposite from what you're really thinking at the time. Right. And basically she then sort of uses it also as a coping mechanism for how to deal with the deaths of her children. Yeah, and to make this more of a story, she went and put the dream she had about Harper murdering Chastin to kind of bring together, like, why she wanted to kill her children later. So she added that as, like, foreshadowing. She wrote in the book about the tree thing, which is what Jeremy... So Jeremy had actually found this and believed it and put her in a car and put her against a tree. So if anyone found it, it would look like she just killed herself anyways. Yeah, basically Jeremy found this already and that's how she got into her accident is he drove her car into a tree with her in it and then made it look like she was driving, I guess, is the suggestion. The suggestion is that all of the so be it stuff is fake. She's not a murderer. She's not psychotic. She's not this. But also if she's that good at making you believe it the whole time, she could be just as good at lying about it here. Right. Yes. And if he read it the first, like, why was he so angry the second time it came up? Like, if he'd already read it. I imagined that that was like a performance. But then he went on and murdered her, finally. Right. I mean, that's what he wanted in the first place, is he wanted her to be dead. I guess the thing is that he didn't know that she wasn't, that she was still like lucid in there. So this is what he was really finding out, right? Like he knew about this, but he's coming to the terms that Lowen's right. Right. Yes. That's what he's actually mad about. Yeah. Is, yes, is that she's been awake this whole time which absolutely insane to fake don't know how that works (laughs) i don't know how that works at all she just just said she like didn't respond when anyone talked to her because she was too scared do you think her nurse was in on it man i mean her nurse had only been there for a couple months so i was like that doesn't make sense but then her nurse was kind of sinister too yeah so like i couldn't tell what the fuck was happening with the nurse The nurse definitely had weird vibes, but I guess if the nurse is in on it, then they're fucked. Right. So probably the nurse is not in on it. But then if the nurse isn't in on it, like, how do you get away with it? I don't think you could. Yeah. Like, I don't think you could fake it for that long. No. 
I know. I need to know. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, <laughs> it's wild. I don't know why we're like, you know. I need Colleen Hoover to confirm if the nurse is in on it and who's lying. I'm truly torn. That's true. Like the way the way that it ends, it's sort of equally plausible that the letter is the truth or that she wrote this letter like right before she died in order to, to save herself, make Jeremy feel fucking terrible about himself. Yeah. And she was apparently going to run away with crew. So she was going to like take crew, run away, leave this letter and hope he can find her later because she really does love him. But he like wanted to murder her multiple times. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I read somewhere that there's some special edition of the book that has an extra chapter and that that chapter makes it clear that what's in the letter is true. I think that is a bad ending to this book. I think it is more interesting for sure if that's vague. Yeah. I mean, God, it's all fucked up. If it's all true, woo. <laughs> right. If the letter's real, wow. Also, I don't, there had to have been a way out for her if that was the truth. But then he believed that she could be that evil when he read that manuscript. So there must be something. I don't know. I don't know either. Maybe they're just chronics. They're just chronics. <laughs> Stupid. Shall we rate this thing? Yeah. What do you got? I gave this a 5.6 out of 7. Nice. Um, yeah, this was like, I don't know, like a four and a half or a five for me. I already said this at the beginning. It is the thing that it is. Like, it's successfully like a trashy thriller romance type novel. Yeah. It does that well. Like, if that's what you are looking for, this is like a weird and dumb version of that. That's like entertaining to listen to or read or whatever you want to do. I don't remember what I gave It Ends With Us. I feel like this is... You gave it a four. Okay. Yeah, I I feel like this is better and worse in different ways. <laughs> yeah, it's different. It's definitely a different vibe. But I liked I'm thinking of ending things. I think that's been my favorite that we've done so far. And I gave that a 5.7. But I thought it was better than it ends with us, which I gave a 5.5. So I was like, I guess I'm... You got to get some consistency with your ratings here. I started too high. Just kidding. We're never going to be consistent about our ratings. Don't expect it. <laughs> Well, it was really fun, okay? It kept me intrigued the whole time. The twist was really good. The journaling was fascinating. I would never do that. I don't want anyone to find my journals. But yeah, the like storytelling going back into her manuscript was really engaging, which was just wild hitting all of these insane points. That's like, did someone do this? Like, it is dark. Right. And desperate and clingy. And yeah, it's smutty. It's a romance novel. There's little sexy stuff like stubble scars and honey throats. Ha! <laughs> And yeah, leaving you confused is definitely interesting. It was a fun read. Look, I'm putting stubble scars and honey throats on another t-shirt. So. <laughs> I love that. It's very sexy. It's very hot. <laughs> uh, yeah, I yeah, this is like a this is like a 4.75 for me. I'll just split the difference and say 4.75. I like that we have a rating scale of one to seven and we're like rating all the way out to the second decimal because we started really high we're like i don't know a five (laughs) (laughs) these ratings are garbage ratings are garbage these ones especially don't oh ours are trash yeah don't trust us we we, we're just having fun exactly 
So the audible rating for Verity is 4.5 out of 5. Sure. And the Goodreads rating is 4.4 out of 5. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I know people love this book. Those ratings make sense to me. Especially for the genre. Like, you got to keep that in mind. But also, there are some people who don't love this book. It's time for bad reads. Yes. This book has one... 0.65 million ratings on Goodreads. Oh my god. And over 20,000 of those are one-star reviews. Here are some of them. Cat says, "What fucking bullshit?" with two exclamation points. Amy said, "You're joking, right?" Tiffany, "This was so painful." <laughs> Lizzie said, "This was my first Colleen Hoover book and very likely my last." <laughs> Ariana said, and I had forgotten about this until I read this review, all caps, Ariana said, how did Coho think that scene where Jeremy tastes what's-her-face's breast milk was an okay thing to write? Why the heck did the editor approve of this? Two barfing emojis. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm sure everyone's a little curious. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it didn't strike me as, like, beyond the pale at all. Let's see. Hannah called this the unseasoned Walmart brand version of Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier. Mm, What's that? (laughs) Yeah, we got to check it out. And finally, I I saved the long one for last. This is Barbara's review. I like this one a lot. Barbara? One star from Barbara. I've just finished Verity and wish it were possible to open up my skull, take out my brain, and dip it in disinfectant. It's such horrible, nasty trash that I feel a bit dirty for spending 99p of my hard-earned money on something so unpleasant. I never heard of Colleen Hoover before, and on the strength of this, I've not missed much, and I won't be giving her a second try. I read a lot of mystery suspense and consider Verity to be third-rate and predictable suspense with a lot of gratuitous and unpleasant sex thrown in to spice it up. I'm still feeling icky about the bite marks on the bed frame and wondering how somebody can do that and not knock their teeth out. Not since Bobby Ewing's shower scene in the mid-80s dynasty has there been such a ludicrous plot twist as Verity relies on. What a waste of the roughly four hours it took to read. The trend for the novel without a hero as Thackeray-styled Vanity Fair many, many years ago, has been really popular in the past five years or so. Books lacking any sympathetic or likable characters are big, but aren't we at the stage of wanting something new now? Sorry to those who clearly love it, but from my perspective, this Hoover sucks. (laughs) The pun. Worth it just for that line at the end. Oh, so good. So good. Thank you, Barbara. You know, Barbara is just trying to show her fucking brain power. Like, I am so smart. But like, girl, it's a thriller, like romance novel. You had to know there was going to be sex in there. What were you thinking? This wasn't Stephen King. (laughs) Hilarious. Oof. Yeah, let's not get into Stephen King sex scenes. No, thank you. Oh, luckily, I haven't had to read any of those, but I've heard about them a little bit. (laughs) Wow. (sighs) Ah. And that was Bad Reads. Good Bad Reads. Love Bad Reads. It's probably my favorite thing. People are so funny. People are the best. How's your cool brain? It's good. It's fine. It's, you know, braining along. How's your cool brain? Do you want to know what I'm really into right now? Yes. Okay, so I got these tongue depressors, like a giant popsicle stick, okay? Okay. And I'm making a jar, a date jar. So corny saying it out loud, I guess, but so fun. 
Um, and so what I really like to do, I'm using paint pens. I'm really into painting the top. I really love to paint the popsicle sticks, the tongue depressors, whatever they are. I don't know what it is. So I'm like color coding it. So you pull something out and it's like a restaurant or drinks or an activity or a weekend getaway or something, right? Right. Or if we can't figure out what to eat, one of the colors is just like cuisine types. Like, oh, Mexican food. Great. That's where we're going. Um, but something about just painting the tops of these with the paint pens and the way the paint comes out is really nice. Paint pens are good. Love it. I've decided to make a second jar for things to do with my friends. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. And I've just been, this is a waste of my time, but I really am hyper fixated apparently on painting tongue depressors for jars. <laughs> Saying it out loud sounds so stupid. I'm just glad you explained and I didn't have to be like, what is a date jar? I was pretty sure. Like I had a, I had a reasonable guess. I guess my brain is still on projects and making things. <laughs> Mine's just on school. That's good. Speaking of school, I met with one of my professors for office hours because she wants me to do like an outside research project, which cool, great, fun. But I had like my entire microphone set up like while we were on Zoom and she asked me about it. And then I had to be like, oh, yeah, I have a podcast. And she was like genuinely interested and curious. And I was just like, oh, no. Like, you don't want to listen to my garbage podcast about fiction novels. This isn't a smart person thing at all. Please don't. Please don't pay attention to this. My boss, it came up and I was like, yeah, I've been doing a like a book club podcast. And he was like, oh, like, a, so you like read a book and then you talk about it. That What a great idea. I love that. And I was like, yeah, except for it's like the ADHD book club podcast. So it's it's kind of chaotic. We're just kind of all over the place. And he goes, no, I would hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, don't don't listen to it. Please don't. Yeah. All right. Should we pick a book? Let's pick a book. I have an idea. Okay. Did I suggest the last next book? I don't remember. We're doing this on the fly here. But since the new M. Night Shyamalan movie, A Knock at the Cabin, is based on The Cabin at the End of the World, I was thinking we should watch that or read that. Ooh. And then maybe also watch it. Yeah. Okay. I like Paul Tremblay. I'm curious about the movie and the book. Let's check it out. I'm very into what I've seen for the trailers of the movie. And I definitely want to see it. And I didn't come prepared. I feel like I'm running out of ideas. But we have a long <laughs> list that we should choose from. I could I could pull next time from the past. Fair enough. Or not. Whatever. I think let's do it. Okay. The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul Tremblay. Yes. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. Woo. All right. Well, I think that's it, huh? That's it. Thank you so much for listening. This was Verity by Colleen Hoover. Remember to follow us at, at ADHD Book Club Pod. And special thanks to The Last Skeptic for music. I'm Ashley, signing out. I'm Corey. This was a podcast. This was a podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>